The first of the attributes we'll discuss in today's shir is Ha'oseh Siyag Lidvarav. If a person makes, commonly translated or understood as a offense, so to speak, Lidvarav. So I leave that deliberately untranslated for the moment because the different perushim uh, as to what the Siyag is referring to here, I think they really all flow from different understandings of what Dvarav means. So let's kind of work so to speak, backwards, and I think that'll give us different understandings of this attribute in the Kinyane Torah. So one group of Mofarshim understand Dvarav uh, quite literally. Dvarav Mamish, says the Medrash Shmuel. It's referring to speech, speaking, Diburim. And Osa Siagla Dvarav means it's important to be quiet, to, so to speak, put a fence around one's own mouth, one owns Dvarim, not to speak too much. Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemaim elaborates on this interpretation as well and explains that silence is important and necessary uh, for Torah study, for Kinyane Torah, and that this actually relates to the earlier trait which we saw, uh, the 19th uh, of our Memches Kinyanim, Mi'ut Sicha, decreasing or lessening the amount of talking that we do. And he explains, as we saw previously, that if you make it a habit to speak less uh, here, then then you will protect yourself with the silence, um, which will hopefully help your learning. This, of course, all uh, reminds us of the Mishnah earlier in Perk Yavos, Perk Gimel, the very famous phrase of Siagl Chachma Shtika, the fence, so to speak, the thing that protects Chachma is silence. And similarly, the Gemara in Pesachim and Aftzadi Teramar Aleph, Yafa Shtika Lachachamim, that Shtika is a good attribute for Chachamim. And all of these sources only imply or allude to the fact that Chachma is enabled through silence or through a diminution of speech. None of them explicitly explain why. But uh, Rabbeinu Yoda, uh, there in Perk Yavos and Perk Gimel earlier, says that uh, very simply, if you talk too much, uh, you'll miss things. The way to learn is by listening. And therefore, Haosa Siyag Lidvarav, just like Miyot Sicha, uh, the two of them combine. If you also siyag l'dvarav, that leads to miyatsicha, and combined, that would lead to the Kinyan Torah. So all of this is an interpretation based on the understanding that dvarav means your words, and therefore the implication is to be quiet or to quieter. However, other Mepharshim others explain that dvarav here does not mean t- speech generally, but specifically you are learning. And therefore, the admonition here, or the advice is, Osiag Lidvarav, make protective fences around your learning. Now the question is, if that's the goal, doing certain things to protect one's learning, what are the things? What would be an example of a siyag in that regard? Aral, in the Derech Chaim, explains that we're referring to the necessity to be organized and have ordered learning. Be careful not to misspeak, he says, uh, and speak clearly and accurately, because otherwise, confusing Lashon causes a confused mind. If you can clarify your formulations, then that will help with understanding, he says, and retention. Support for his interpretation here, more broadly, uh, is found in a Gemara in Erevin and Nun Gimel, where we are told that the Bnei Yehuda were more successful in their learning than the Bnei Galil. And the reason is, says the Gemara, because the Bnei Yehuda were hikpidu bilashonam. 
they were careful in their words, and that's why Niskaima Torasam Biyadam. The Maharal and others understand that that's what's being referred to here, that they were hikpiru bilashonim, they had precise, clear formulations, and that clear and uncluttered language, it led to a clear and uncluttered mind, and therefore uh, it helped in their learning. Um, I would put it this way, uh, as is often said to Talmidim and yeshivas, that if you cannot explain something, uh, you don't understand it. In other words, the lack of clarity in formulation is often a siman, is an indicator of lack of understanding. The maral schidosh seems to be going one step further even, that it can be a siba, that mistakes or un- imprecision in formulation can cause uh, confused thought. An additional interpretation is uh, that when we say, oh, so dvarav, the dvarav being your learning, the Medrash Shmuel says that you need to make a siyagim in your learning in the sense that you need to limit your learning. How could limit your learning, limiting your learning be a good thing? So he says it means not to learn above your level. You have to know where you are at any given time in your learning career, as it were, in your life, and stick to things which are appropriate for that level. Osa siyagim to your learning, ludvarav. Don't go too far, too fast, because otherwise you could, in a certain sense, uh, go off the derech, he says, or even uh, like those who entered pardes before they were ready, uh, you could go crazy. Rabbi Lau, in his Yechel Yisrael, uh, goes with this interpretation, and he adds that um, you shouldn't learn even at a pace. Not only the material, but even the speed shouldn't be greater uh, than your ability. And the Gemara in Ervin and Daf Nundalid, uh, Darshans from the Pasuk in Mishlei, and Parakid Gimel, Pasuk that if you make your learning into Chavilos, Chavilos, which he understands as too much at one time, too fast, you'll lose it. But rather, if you do so al-yad-yad, a little bit at a time, a little bit, a little bit, then you'll be able to keep it. So these two interpretations, that of the Maharal and of the Medrash Shmuel, agree that Dvarav is your learning. Osusyagla Dvarav, practical advice to make sure you don't lose your learning. Maharal, careful formulations, not confused Lashon. And the Medrash Shmuel and Rabbi Lau, not learning at the wrong level, the wrong material, or the wrong speed for where you are. The Yaivitz, the Chassid Yaivitz, uh, understands this as an admonition, uh, somehow in a sense that you could combine these two for speech and for Torah, but he combines them in that he says this is specifically uh, admonition or a midah that's ne- necessary for a teacher of Torah. That is to say that we are saying, for teachers, be extra careful to be clear and precise so your cannot be misinterpreted. And you might think that, you know, what's the worst that could happen? The students won't understand, and that's bad enough. But he points out that we actually have a tradition uh, that uh, lack of clear teaching can lead to really horrible, horrible consequences. Um, the Mishnah in Avos and Perak Aleph uh, tells us in the name of Shemaya and Avtalion, Chachamim Hisharubid Varechem. Chachamim have to be very clear, clear and careful when they speak, otherwise that could lead to dire consequences. And Ram there in the parish of Mishnayis and others explain that this is referring to the story of Tzadok and Baitus, who uh, misunderstood. Aftalion. They misunderstood his teaching, and one thing led to another, and they ended up becoming heretics. They became off the derech, uh, so in a very serious way. So the Yaivitz here in our parak in the Kenyan Torah, he connects this to that, and he says, Chachamim should be osas yogledvarav. They have to be, dafka teachers have to be careful how they teach so it doesn't lead to unintended uh, catastrophic 
consequences. Uh, it's interesting in this vein, uh, the Gemara in Sanhedrin on Hayamad Beis uh, tells us that there's a din of Natilas Rishus Me Rabo, that a uh, student needs to get quote unquote permission from his teacher. So there's different interpretations there in the Rishonim of what he's referring to and law, etc. But Rashi there says it specifically is referring to speaking clearly that before someone can go teach, you need the endorsement of your own teacher, that you, uh, not so much that you'll be a Tamil Chacham, that you are Tamil Chacham, that you've learned enough to be worthy of being a teacher, but that your singing abilities can be attested to by your teacher, that you will be clear. And uh, this just highlights how important it is that uh, sometimes the medium is the message. Um, and I'll just conclude this particular interpretation uh, with a remarkable Medrash Tuma in Yisro Tesvav, that says that this idea, this practice uh, of you know being careful uh, and ordered and clear in your teaching of Torah, it goes all the way back to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And the Medrash says that a teacher should practice two, three times before teaching should practice go over his material. Why? Because we see that from Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself. The Medrash Darshan's particular pasuk there in Yisro that Hakadosh Baruch Hu himself practiced Kaviyachol as it were, two, three times before giving over the Torah to the people at Harsinai. So, Mahu Afata, just like Hashem practiced, so too we should practice. So, again, all of these, uh, going back to the interpretation we started with from the Yaivitz, that Osasyog the Dvarav is referring to teaching, or speaking, and it's referring to Torah, the combination being it's specifically addressed to teachers of Torah. Um, <clears throat> last but not least, uh, there is a very interesting drush uh, that um, is suggested that uh, I would say Avdrush, um, that Dvarav here might mean in the most generic or general sense, Osasyog Dvarav, nothing to do with Torah per se, just in general, Dvarav, in all matters, in all aspects of life. This is an endorsement for the importance of Siyagim. The Tiferes Yisrael here says, Kereshel Yikashel B'chataim, be careful not to sin and what presumably he has implies in the Medrash Shmuel and the Lechem Shemaim say explicitly is that we're not talking about or specifically limiting ourselves to actual norms, mitzvos or averos, daraisa, darabanan, but even things that might in and of themselves be mutter, osa siyog Sometimes we have to stay away even from those as a buffer, as a protection for crossing actual red lines. This reminds us and calls a to our memory, the famous Ramban in Vayikra on Kedoshim Tiyu, that we shouldn't be a novel Bershusa Torah. The Ramban famously and powerfully defines Kedusha as going beyond the letter of the law, uh, but not abusing even the areas that might technically be allowed. Now, obviously, this is a call to all Jews, Kedoshim Tiyu, but Rav Yaakov Emden uh, here in the Lechem Shemaim says the reason according to him, that this is now being included as one of the Mamches Kinyanei Torah, is because this is true for everyone, but it's especially needed, and especially true for Chachamim, who must uh, be goder, must be careful with themselves, more than the average person. Uh, as we often say in the Gemara, Adam Chashav Shaini, that sometimes, in fact, there are different and higher for a Chacham. So as we are climbing on the... Uh, the ladder towards the full 48 Kinyane Torah, uh, in the order that we've been presenting these Shurim, this is the 27th, so we're more than halfway through. Um, 
says uh, the Lacham Shemayim, this is a significant, significant step as we're getting closer, more than halfway through the list, that uh, even if it's not going to do with Torah per se, but indirectly, a Chacham has to have higher standards in the punctiliousness of their mitzvos, and that may even require uh, being careful and not enjoying even some of the otherwise objectively permissible things in the world as a siyag, as a protective buffer against violating any actual norms. Okay, so all of that was our first uh, topic for today, our first one of the Kinyane Torah, Haosa Siyag Dvarav. The next and final one for today's shir is Eino Machzik Tova La'atzmo. And uh, to be Machzik Tova is generally understood and kind of colloquially translated as don't pat yourself on the back. Um, more broadly, beyond uh, being included in the Memches Kinyane Torah, the general importance of this Midah is noted by the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Andaf Peches, where the Gemara very famously asks, who is a Ben Olam Haba? And the Gemara gives a number of attributes of who is meriting the next world, someone who is humble, someone who learns regularly, and someone who is, says the Gemara, Lomachzik Tivusa Lanafshe, does not, so to speak, pat himself on the back. The actual terminology that we have in our Brisa actually comes from earlier in Perke Avos, Perek Be'ez Mishnachet, Im Lamarata Torah Harbe, even if you learned a lot of Torah, this is what you're here for, this is what you were created for, don't pat yourself on the back. So with these sources in mind, uh, therefore, our b'risa listing this in Machzik Tovel Atma is one of the 48 Kinyane Torah, so this seems to mean, as Rashi here, Machzor Vitri, Medrashmuel, uh, all make the point, don't boast about your learning, don't be Machzik Tova, but don't, don't boast about it, but rather you should tell yourself, maybe I've accomplished a lot, but hey, this is my responsibility, in fact. Not only is it my responsibility, I haven't completed my responsibility. This is a way of motivating oneself. This is reminding yourself there's still much more uh, to do. Rabbeinu Yonah, as well as the Magin Avos, in that earlier uh, Mishnah in Perkei Avos and Perk Beis, develops this idea of Lekach Notzarta, for this you were created. And they say, even further than we have until now, that if not for Torah, you would not have been created. Not that you were created for, among other things, studying Torah. This is the ultimate reason why you were created. And if it wouldn't be for that possibility of you studying Torah, you wouldn't have been created. As a result, it's basically like repaying a debt. It's a piron chov, they say. Of course you're learning. Without that, you wouldn't have been alive. So you're learning in order to legitimate the decision legitimize the decision of your own existence. And therefore, you know, of course you don't pat yourself on the back, as they say. No one who repays a debt, you know, says, oh, wow, look how great I am. I, what, repaid a debt? Of course you have to repay a debt. That's a minimal expectation. So too, no matter how much Torah you've learned, Torah Harbe still realize this is just the minimum obligation, the minimum debt you have to repay to a Kaddish Baruch And the Tosas Yontif, there in Perak Bays as well, again, broadly explains that the creation of the whole world is for Torah. In that case, obviously you're going to study Torah and you're not going to pat yourself on the back for it since that's what you're there for and we owe that, if nothing else. More specifically, though, uh, if we want to take this a little bit further and give some more concrete advice, so how is this correct connected to Kinyan Torah? So I say the first is that sense, perhaps, of never 
feeling like you've accomplished enough, never feeling like I've done it, now I can move on, because of Kach Notzarta. However, uh, there are other slightly different interpretations as well. Um, the Yaivitz, as well, uh, the Chassid Yaivitz, as well as the Maral and the Der Chaim, uh, say that what's going on here is that if a person does take credit, then he'll view further study as optional and not obligatory. And even if he continues studying, it won't be with the same sense of purpose or urgency as a person who feels the obligation. So this, to some extent, overlaps what we saw previously, but adds perhaps that nuance that it's not only that if you feel that you can pat yourself on the back, you might stop, and this is telling you not to stop, but that even qualitatively, even if you're learning no matter what, but when you feel that you're a knocker, as it were, that you deserve the credit, even if you keep on learning, but it won't be the same type of learning and the same quality of learning than if you feel a truly a sense of obligation. Um, for those who are interested, perhaps some of you are even familiar, Rav uh, Lichtenstein Zatzal has a well-known shiur which has been written up both on the VBM and I think published in one of the book collections of his, of his Hashkafic writings, uh, an essay called Reflections on the Birchot HaTorah. And there, on the Bracha of Asher Krishna, it's also Vitzivanu La'asok B'Divrei Torah, Rav Luchensin beautifully, Kedarko B'Kodesh, um, develops the idea and highlights this role of Vitzivanu, the idea of learning because we're commanded, and that being the bedrock of all learning. And that very much dovetails with uh, the, mich- the earlier sources we mentioned from Avos Perak Bet and the Gemara and the inclusion in our list of 48 kinyanim of Enomachzik Tova La'atzmo. Um, interestingly, really interestingly, I would say, um, both the Tzfersh Yisrael in Parak Beis as well as the Ruach Chaim here, um, they say, Kilkach Notzarta, not generically, generally, as a human being, as a Jew, you were created for Torah, therefore don't pat yourself on the back, but more specifically, in other words, they say, with your unique abilities... If you learned a lot, don't pat yourself on the back because obviously you were given unique abilities, unique talents to do just that and realize everyone is judged based on their abilities. So if you've done that, that means you were given the ability to do that. So obviously you, that's what you were intended to do. Even if you learned a lot, maybe even more than the next person, but realize you're still obligated because after all, the the obligation is somewhat subjective. The way you individually, uniquely were created, that generates the unique and specific and personalized level of obligation. So as long as, so to speak, there's more gas in the tank, there's more things you could do, that means there's more that's expected of you. So why should you be machzik tova to yourself? Other uh, commentaries, other mafarshim stress that you are still obligated because not only the subjective and psychology, but even if objectively you're mistaken, excuse me, not only subjectively, but because objectively you are mistaken if you think that you ever finished. It's not just that there's a more expectation, um, but the, in a certain spiritual, religious, or ethical sense, but just as objectively, empirically, don't think you actually, you might have thought you finished and did a lot, but actually you've done nothing. Benayona is a kind of a harsh you know, truth, if you will, but Rabbeinu Yonah tries to speak that harsh truth in Perik Beis and Avos. Rabbeinu Yonah says that you have to realize, I mean, who are you kidding? The Torah is so awesome, so great, so expansive. How can you possibly be machzik tova for yourself when you've barely accomplished anything? 
I don't care how much you've learned, or how many hours, or how many dapim, or how many prakim. I mean, do you realize how great Torah is? How awesome, how expansive Torah is? You know, if you, it's a drop in the bucket. I mean, in this vein, there's the famous Bryce and Masech the Sofrim, that talks about Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, no less than Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who knew everything, called Torah Kula. And yet even he says, even if all of the skies were paper, parchment I could write on, and every tree in the world was my quill, and every one of the oceans was my, excuse me, the days of the, of the year were all my ink, if you will. Still, there still wouldn't be enough with all of that, it wouldn't be enough to describe uh, all the Torah that can be learned and that he actually learned. As he continues in saying, what we've learned, even somebody like him, let alone anybody else, it's just like a zvuv, like a fly dipping, being tovel into a great ocean. I mean, <laughs> the amount of water that he touches is a fraction, sheba fractions of what's out there. So just empirically, objectively, <laughs> given how little you know, compared to what little you've accomplished, it's actually absurd. It's not just that you won't be motivated, it's that you actually haven't done anything to deserve to be patting yourself on the back. As I mentioned, that's kind of a a bitter pill or some difficult uh, medicine to, so to speak, swallow if a person seems to have learned a lot and feels, so to speak, good about themselves from that. But, um, you know, sometimes we have to hear harsh truths and hopefully be strong enough to face them. Another uh, aspect of this, uh, highlighted by certain other commentaries, um, is not just the objective awesomeness and expanse of Torah, or the fact that this is really a debt which you owe, so you know, who pats themselves on the back for just doing a debt, but that you shouldn't pat yourself on the back because who said you are the one who deserves the credit? After all, says Rav Yaakov Emden, you should realize that you can't really learn without HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help. Um, no matter who you are, you would obviously forget what you learned previously, and therefore, lekach notarta, you were created in a way by design with the help of Akadosh Baruch Hu. Um, the only reason you're able to accomplish, let alone remember and retain your Torah, is lekach notarta, because Hashem built you in a way to allow you to do that. But without Hashem's hashkach, without Hashem's assistance, you never would have been able to. And therefore, says Alechem Shabbat, this is included on the list because there's a real danger that if a person does not remain cognizant of that, if they forget the lekach notarta, and as a result, they are a machzik tova to themselves, Hashem may punish you by that, because of that arrogance, and you may forget your learning. He may take away whatever hashkacha he's been giving you to help you initially accomplish or retain that learning. The Ruch Chaim, Ruch Chaim Velozhner, goes in this vein as well. And he, you know, he again, he addresses and elaborates on this point that a person has to realize that you can't think that your accomplishments are just based on your efforts. Um, Obviously, we need hishtablos, but it's a hishtablos that has to be blessed with hashkacha. And therefore, if it wouldn't be for Hashem's kindness for you, you wouldn't have accomplished anything. So, like, who are you kidding? <laughs> Why would you tova to yourself if you realize that Hashem plays such a critical, a critical role? Um, the only difference, I would say, if slight, between Rav Yaakov Emden and Rav Chaim is that Rav Yaakov Emden says you might be punished because of that arrogance. Whereas Rav Chaim connects it back to that sense of obligation uh, that... If you were built this way, then it's ra'ui. You deserve, it's the right thing. You should be paying it back by learning what you've done, learning what you have and continuing to do so.
Um, it's also worth noting that in this context, both the Medrash Shmuel and the Tveres Yisrael say lekach no tzarta, not only to study Torah, but more broadly for good things, that all the good things that you do, not just limited to Torah, don't be machzik tova, don't give yourself morality, realize HaKadosh Baruch Hu's help, if without, without God's help, uh, most of us would be simply incapable of overcoming our Yetzirah. Uh, the temptations of this world and the, the natural weaknesses of the human condition are such that we would almost be helpless in the onslaught of the, the continuing temptations. But, says the Medrash Shmuel and the Tiferes Yisrael, Hashem helps us, Lekach no Tzarta, he's, he's helping us, and therefore when we are able to do good things, whether it's in learning or other things, uh, don't be Machzik Tova to yourself. Uh, last but not least, I would say really in a, in a sense of a drush, but a, a very beautiful drush, uh, some of Farshim suggest um, that you shouldn't be machzik tova to yourself, that tova here is an allusion to Torah, as it says in the famous Pasuk in Mishlei, ki lekach tov nasati lechem, torasi al ta'azovu, so torasi going back on the tov, tov is referring to Torah, and therefore don't be machzik tova l'atmacha, the message is not to be machzik, quote-unquote, don't hold keep the Torah for yourself, but rather share it with others. In other words, very creatively read, this is a charge uh, to all of us, and certainly the one who aspires to the Kenyan Torah, to share the Torah that they have learned. Uh, Rabbi Lau and the Yechah Yisrael, some Farshim who, again, very homiletically understand this way, and this touches on the Gemara in Sanhedrin, on Daf Tzadites, of Amr Rabbi Lazar, Kol Adam L'Omel Nivra, uh, what does that mean that a person is created la'amel, uh, based on the pasuk in Eov, ki adam la'amel yulad? So Rabbi Lau points out, again, I think from earlier sources, that um, lilmod almanas lilamed is la'amel. The Rashi Tevos, lamed ayin mem lamed, lilmod almanas lilamed. That we're, if we're learning, it's in order that we can share that Torah, to pay it forward. Um, and that's little mode almanas lame lamed ayin mem lamed rashi tevos for laomel laomel yulad a person has been created in order to laomel not just to hard work that's the simple understanding of course but here homiletically to teach to share the Torah that we have al tachzik tov don't keep the Torah for yourself don't be spirit selfish share that Torah many sources highlight that importance in general just uh, to note. One, the Sefer Hasidim says, if a person has Torah, the Eno Kotva of Yocholichtov, doesn't write it up, doesn't share his Chedushim when he could have, Hari Gozel Mashagilalo, that's you stealing the secrets of Hashem that he's revealed to you. Kilo Gila Elolichtov. If Hashem shared them and revealed these secrets of the Torah to you, if you have a really a troop Chiddush, a troop Shat, it's only intended for being shared. It's not intended to be kept, uh, so to speak, selfishly. And last but not least, the better Shmuel makes this point just more generally, though not just about Talmud Torah, but generally, you have good things in your life, don't keep them for yourself. Rather, share them with others in the spirit of Yehafta l'reacha kamocha, al-taksik tova la'atzmacha. If you have tova, you have good things, Hashem gave them to you in order to better the world and to share with others, not, for your, not just for your own selfish consumption. So again, these are the two attributes that we saw today. We started off with Haoseh Syag We spoke about different interpretations of that. And now finally we've seen the Inu Machzik Tova Laatzmau.